There he goes. One of God's own prototypes. A high-powered mutant of some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live and too rare to die. I'm back in the saddle again. Welcome to episode 25 of the Digital Freemason Podcast for the week of May 15th, 2006. I'm your host, Scott, and I'll be taking you along on my journey through the world of short Masonic educational papers. Many of these papers have been presented in my lodge, King George Lodge No. 59 in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. So I've managed to clue together the parts of my broken PC and get it back to the point where I can start firing out these podcasts regularly again. Thrown into this whole mix with some time away with family and friends, so things took longer than I had anticipated. I apologize for that. But uh, we're back up and running, and I exactly wouldn't call this a bionic podcast, um, but hopefully I was able to keep it under the $6 million. Uh, just a footnote to my reference in the last podcast to the $6 million man. Uh, on May 1st, just uh, two weeks ago, Bruce Peterson, the real $6 million man, passed away of natural causes at the age of 72. It was uh, the, the footage of his 1967 crash of the uh, his M2F2 lifting body airplane that was used in the opening credits of the uh, television series $6 million man. And while Peterson underwent extensive surgery, he uh, states that it didn't take $6 million to put him back together. And he remained with NASA until his retirement in 1981 having actually returned to flight testing and later in uh, many roles in the quality assurance area of NASA. So just as Peterson had a sense of duty that allowed him to return to flying and working for NASA after such a fiery crash, Freemasonry also instills a sense of duty. As such, this week's topic is on duty. It was originally written in 1957 by Wright Worshipful Ashworth and brings to light the manner in which Freemasonry tells us that we need to do duty and who we need to do duty to. So, I will, uh, I'll get going on this because I'm not exactly sure how long the uh, PC will stay up and running and so hopefully I won't have to do this too many times. But, here it is, here's the piece, and uh, enjoy. As a Freemason, we first hear the word duty just before the worshipful master tells the candidate it is necessary to take an obligation. He assures the candidate that there is nothing in the obligation which will conflict with any of the duties he owes to God, his country, his neighbor, or himself. What then is a duty? There are many definitions, such as that which is proper to be done. But whatever the definition is, it means, basically, a method of conduct to which our station in life commits us. In one of his works, Daniel Webster says, A sense of duty pursues us ever. It is an omnipresent, like the deity. Tennyson refers to it as the still small voice, and Wordsworth goes still further and calls it the stern daughter of the voice of God. Masonically, these duties are highly important, and from the very phrasing, they take priority over obligations. Obligations are voluntary, duties are not, and are imposed from without. The higher one's station in life, the higher his education, and the higher his intelligence, the higher will be this duty. The order in which these duties are mentioned is important. First, in order is our duty to God. One of the best directives of our duty to God is found in Deuteronomy 4. And thou shalt love thy Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Our Galilean master called 
to this great commandment, our ritual states that by keeping the Sabbath holy, our ancient brethren were given ample opportunity to adore their great Creator. Adoration of the Creator is a foremost duty. The psalmist recognized this. He state, starts so many of his wonderful songs with such phrases as, Praise the Lord, O my soul. Bless thy Lord. O give thanks unto the Lord, etc., etc. Modern civilization has brought into existence numerous organizations which try to benefit the underprivileged. These are trying to fulfill the divine command. If ye have done it unto one at least of these, you have done it unto me. Each one of us has that still, small voice. And unless we deliberately avoid listening or dull our senses of the hearing, it will tell us where our duty lies. May we give heed to the last words of Ecclesiastes, Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Next we speak of the duty to our country. In the present conflicts between ideologies of the democracies and ideologies of communism and the various isms, the duties of a true citizen cannot be emphasized too strongly. The biblical injunction is, Render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, or to put it colloquially, Keep the law. To exercise our privileges of voting, to keep our municipal, provincial, and federal laws, and to conduct ourselves properly in the public offices are obvious ways to do our duty to our country. These, however, will amount to little without we try to sincerely help our fellow citizens and to have a desire to benefit the condition of a society as a whole. As good citizens, our conduct should be beyond reproach. Remember the words of the charge at your initiation. Thirdly, the duty we owe is to our neighbor, and would be an exemplification of the golden rule. The story of the Good Samaritan comes to mind readily. The Samaritans were despised and scorned by the Israelites. This traditional, traditional enmity is being exhibited by the Israelis and the Arabs of today. But the Samaritan in this story overcame racial prejudices to render succor to the grievously wounded and injured Jewish traveler. The Red Cross Society is a modern version of this parable. All and all the great religions have taught that injuries received should be wiped from remembrance. Malice and revenge should have no place in our hearts. The duty to our neighbor includes extending the hand of benevolence in a time of need, sympathy in a time of distress, and encouragement to the faint-hearted. Help, in small ways, will often soothe the pathways to happiness. Life is so full of opportunities golden opportunities to give unselfishly of our services to our fellow man. Possibly, duty to the family should be included in this category. As a husband, we have entered into a contract, either verbally or implied, to maintain a home where honesty, virtue, and love shall reign. As a father, a man has a duty to exert his enormous influence for the good of his children. Ideas of virtue, honesty, and integrity must take precedence over the idea of getting on at any cost. Man cannot serve God and mammon. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? And lastly, duty to his self. First, we must acknowledge the omnipotence, omniscience, and omnipresence of the great Creator. If we lived as being constantly in His presence, we would banish all uncharitableness, vice, hatred, and malice, 
and would at, and would attain to a state where God's will is done on earth. Unyielding integrity of character and the practice of virtue would bring us nearly to the goal, which would make us the living temples of God. Summing up in four points, very briefly, man's duties are two. To God, humble reverence and submission to his laws, moral and physical. To our country, faithful allegiance to our coded laws and cooperation to promote obedience to the same. To our neighbors, to do unto him as you would desire him to do unto you. And to ourselves, unyielding integrity of character. Freshen your minds with the teachings of the entered apprentice. The Holy Bible is to be the rule and guide of our lives. The square, as a right angle, teaches rightness of action. The compass teaches us to circumscribe our actions and keep within the moral law. The apron of land skin, unspotted and clean, is emblematic of what our lives should be. The gavel reminds us to divest ourselves of the vices of mankind, and we are told to give one-third of our time to God and other worthy distressed brethren. How about visiting, in, uh, visiting a hospital or a, or a home? Or where there is not possible, a short letter would be appreciated. In the northeast corner, we are told to walk and act as upright men, and we are admonished to mention the name of the deity without reverence and awe. The entered apprentice degree is being more and more emphasized as the most important degree. Men in the business world tell us that their first impressions are the most important. Let us make the first impression of, of Freemasonry one in which will remain with the candidate as a night in which he became a more serious and dedicated life. So, well, we made it through that. That wasn't too painful. Only a couple of reboots. Uh, okay, well, thanks for listening to the Digital Freemason. I've been your host, Scott, and I've enjoyed our time together. And if you'd like a transcript of this podcast, please visit our website, www.kingeorgelodge.com. If you have any comments or ideas for further podcasts, please feel free to email me at podcast at kingeorgelodge.com. And in tribute to Bruce Peterson, who uh, I watched for many years growing up crash that airplane as I, uh, as I reveled in the Six Million Dollar Man episode, I'll leave you with the entire soundscape from this opening credits of the Six Million Dollar Man to close off this episode. So hopefully I'll be talking to you again next week. And again, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to give me a shout. We'll talk to you later.